we're putting God first and believing that he's going to help us accomplish our impossible goals. I'm Melody Bateman. I'm a running coach, and I believe in letting the real you out. I'm Tracy Robbins King, and I'm a creation coach. I am enthusiastic about helping people make incremental progress. And we're three peas in pod as we're entrepreneurs, runners, and podcasters. So there's going to be a lot of nerding out. Episodes drop Monday. Woo woo. It is the 52 Weeks Podcast with Steph, Tracy, and Melody, and we are so excited to have you here. Uh, It is summertime. I don't know if you're familiar, but actually today is the first official day of summer. It is June 20th. Yeah. The summer solstice. It is the longest day of summer today. This is the longest day of the entire year. So live it up, y'all. This is the longest day. Even though this is not when it releases, this is when we're recording it. So everyone, hope you enjoyed your summer. (laughs) That's what I have to say about that. And uh, or the longest day of the year. And um, anyway, today we are going to talk about the... I invited Steph and Melody to create their own kind of declarations or their own personal, like, this is who I am and utilizing either their patriarchal blessing or whatever they wanted to do really on that. So we're going to talk about that today. And, uh, but first I want us to start off with our vin, our vins, our vins, our wins. So our wins, anyway, a win from the past week. And so, uh, I know I'm putting everybody on the spot. Wins are sometimes you have to sit here and think about it. So does anyone want to start off with their win? Well, Melody has a good win. You know, we started talking about this last night. First of all, my win was I got second place in the White Pine Solstice 8.5 miler on Saturday. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny because... Like I said, I was telling this to Steph yesterday. This is like something I've been trying to do for a few years is place at one of these races. And when I placed, like nothing changed. It's kind of like when you have a big birthday, it's like you turn 30 or something and you're like, wow, I feel exactly the same. (laughs) I was like so excited and I crossed the finish line and got second and I was like, oh, that was a little (laughs) anticlimactic. That wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. But it was still, um, you know, I'm still happy, and it it was it was a good race. So, well, everybody, either way, Melody, you're looking really ripped. Your arms are Thank looking real buff. Thank you. It's true, they really are. <laughs> and you got a nice clap when you showed us that. I was like, look at that. You're gonna have to get more room <laughs> on your wall to accommodate all these plaques you're gonna be getting. Yeah, it was kind of a fun prize. It so it was actually. So the race director, he took pictures of the course and then he gave the pictures to a painter and then she painted the picture. So it was so it's like a canvas picture of the course. Cool. So, pretty cool prize. Yeah. Really creative. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's still, isn't that interesting though? Like these things that were like, I want to do this. And then it happens and we're like, why did that not feel better than I thought? Like, why did it not? I had different yeah. expectations for you and it didn't get met. Right. It was just kind of interesting. I was like, hmm, all right. Well, that's that. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Yeah. I actually read about that phenomenon. I don't know, in in Hero on a Journey or Hero on a Mission, that book that I was going to read last week that I did. I finished that for my last week thing, but Hero on a Mission. In that book, he specifically talks about how he literally, he, he biked across the entire United States of America. And in that, when he got to the Atlantic in Delaware, he was like the last day they literally did 75 miles in three hours, which is like unheard of. That's super fast, you guys. 75 miles in three hours on a bike is just like, you're cruising, you're flying. And so they did that and they got to the ocean. And like when they got there, they all cried, you know, just because they accomplished this huge thing. But he's like, but I realized like the temptation was to stay in the water for too long. It was like to stay in this moment for too long without moving on to the next thing. 
He's like, the temptation is to stay in something when in reality it's already gone. It's already passed. Like tomorrow you're getting on a plane, you're, you're flying back to your house and like, it's over. So what's the next thing? You know, he was like, that was kind of his wow. whole thing. Was, you have to have the next thing because life is like that. You do crazy things or you accomplish something that you've always wanted to accomplish. And then you're like, wait, what? And he's like, you have to like move on to the next thing. And I was like, that is fascinating. Like appreciate it, but not let it like, you can't stay there, you know? So yeah, it's an interesting it's so true. Yeah. I actually have all of my athletes before they run their race, I have them sign up for another race. So once, once they cross the finish line, it's not this like dull. It's okay. Now we have this race to trade for. So very smart, very smart. <laughs> <laughs> Def, what about you? So I think, and this might seem, I don't know, but I had yesterday off because I have all federal holidays off, which is lovely. And, um, and normally on a day off, I am like, I just want to be alone. I want to do my thing. But I was like, you know what? I want to spend this with people. So I invited my nieces and nephews over to come swim. And we had such a fun day. And it was just a reminder to me that days off are so much better with people than me getting stuff off my list. And it was just super fun because like we went and we like swam and then we came back and everyone was hungry again. So we like ate. But um, and then I went running with Melody and they were still at my place. Um, and it was just like nice because like our um, our family's cabin burned down this year. And usually in Bear Lake is where anyone could just hang out and it just is these nice casual hangouts. And yesterday was a reminder that we can still have that here at each other's houses. Like it, we don't need a place to do that, but um, it's just wanting to like be together, so. That's a beautiful story. <laughs> I so. love that so much. Um, so my win, I feel like that's a huge win because it was all about like how you're like, wow, that was way more fun. That was a lot more like enriching in my life. Yeah. Being by myself, getting stuff done, you know, so that's so, so good. Um, and then for me, I think my win this past week is that I keep on making efforts to do things that I normally don't do, like just adding variety to my life. And so I went African dancing on Saturday and I just feel like I had done that the week before and it was because I wanted to do that. And I feel like just making the decision and the commitment to doing something like that and following through whether people, the first time I had signed up for this class actually, or that I wanted to do this class, the person had canceled that I was going to go with to do, like have somebody with me. And I was like, no, I'm not canceling on myself. Right. And so I went to the class and then the next week I went to a different class that was a similar, it's just a different African. This African dancing class I went to has live drummers, which is really fun. And so, but it's also like, I have to leave my comfort zone over and over again in that class. Cause I'm not like a naturally like quick picking up choreography kind of a person. I can dance like a spaz, but I, I don't know how to like, I don't have that brain part where you like learn how to do choreography. And so that's a real big stretch for me. And it's a lot of brain effort for me actually to do something like that. So it was really good. I, I, tend to look like a fool but it's great I'm really happy about it and like I, don't, I just not it's not even a judgment I think it's just like the reality of the situation it's like I just am learning so that's part of it and then also yesterday morning my family we got together to help my sister her yard they need to finish the front yard for South Jordan City it's a requirement after you enter the home you have a certain amount of time until you have to have your front yard finished and so we are helping my sister we helped my sister yesterday help like in her yard and almost everyone who was in Salt Lake came to like to help her and it just was a reminder I love watching my family work I love my family doing projects together and being reminded of the power of a family in helping each other to accomplish a ton more when there's more people there and so that was really fun those are those are my wins actually for the week and I'm sure there's more I could think of but those are my wins so um, all right, so we're going to jump into our declarations or our, our this 
I don't know what to call it, you guys. Like, what do you call a personal declaration? I guess your personal declaration is what we're going to call it. So a personal declaration statement. I invited them, as I stated earlier, to just kind of create their own declaration. And I'm curious about the process. So first off, how did it go? And what did you learn in that process? So I'll go first. I actually didn't do the challenge this week, but I did start on it a couple weeks ago where I just took my patriarchal blessing. So I have this huge whiteboard and I just broke it down. Um, I broke it down to what it says about me in the pre-existence, um, what it says about like the blessings that are available, um, what it says about my future husband, and then how Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ see me, which I thought that was an interesting um, thing. And, you know, it's as I'm looking at it, I also wrote a ton of questions. Like the whole left-hand side of that big whiteboard is um, questions that I have. And I'm sort of in my life breaking everything down. My friend Carolyn Morris did this. And Carolyn, we had on the show the first season um, but she, um, a couple years, well, like last year, just took everything in her life and broke it down and was like, what do I believe for myself? What do I want in my life? And she broke it down, like, religiously. She broke it down, like, do I, of, like, what, do I even want to do this job? Do I even want to be married? Do I ever want to have kids? Just sort of, like, deconstructed her life. And then um, she did it with her patriarchal blessing as well. And so I sort of did the same thing where I was like, okay, do I really believe that this is inspired by God? And um, and then just like broke it down. Um, so there's a lot that I want to do with it. So I'm sad that I didn't do the challenge this week. Um, but it's a good reminder for this next week to really look at this and to hone in. And I love how you said to do sort of a mission statement. When you're seeing the ones like last week, I'm like, whoa, that's a really long mission statement. And for me, I think I need to just have one sentence that I can remember and tell myself often. Yeah, I love that. I think the more simplified it is, the easier it will be to actually implement. So make things simple and then it's easy to put into your life. Mm -hmm. Steph, that's still rad though, that you broke down your patriarchal blessing like that. It's really, that's really inspiring. Well, and it was like cool to see just those different categories of who was I before this life? Like, what does Heavenly Father, how does he view me? You know, like, I don't know. It was just, so I sort of want to, because I want to take all these different areas and sort of have a binder for myself to pull out on days that I'm not remembering my worth and be like, here you go. I love that. Because sometimes when I take notes, I never look at them again. Oh, me too. Yeah, you have to make things visible. Yeah. Or, or they'll disappear into the, maybe into the pages of the that notebook. Yeah. Melody, do you want to go? Yes. Um, sorry, I was like just my mind is like in 10 different places right now. Anyways, Steph, I think that's awesome. Um, Steph told me about that when we were on a run a couple weeks ago and I'm super inspired by that. And I really want to do the same thing. I think it's so important to just to take time to get clear on your priorities and in your purpose. And I just think that's awesome. So this challenge seemed so daunting to me it gave me so much anxiety and I I don't know why I just felt like when I just feel like it it was such an important challenge and I just felt like if I sat down and wrote this mantra I I know that I could always change it and tweak it and but there it just for some reason felt like once I write this mantra like this is my life mantra like it just felt like such this Anyways, um, I sat down to start writing my mantra multiple times and I never finished it. It just, 
I just couldn't do it. I don't know. So, um, but I, I did read through my patriarchal blessing and I did, I feel like this is kind of along the lines. I feel like we all kind of have done our own variation, but I did this a few weeks ago with Jacob. It's like a motivation board. And I wrote down like, what are my top five priorities? What are my goals? Um, and I shared in some episodes a while ago that I prayed and I asked God for a list of affirmations because I've been told by lots of people um, that I should try affirmations. And that was also hard because I was like, well, I could tell myself so many things. Like, what are the right affirmations? Like what, you know, so I prayed and asked God for some affirmations and he gave me a list of affirmations that I um, try to tell myself every day. I haven't gotten to the point where I like say the affirmations out loud because I still feel weird doing that, but I wrote them down and I hung them up in my workout room and I read them when I'm working out. And yeah, that was my experience with it all. Yeah, I think it can be really overwhelming. I think maybe there should have been like a baby step, like start to, you know, build some thoughts around what you feel like are your gifts or what you feel like are your natural talents or go to your patriarchal blessing and just look for this thing. You know what I mean? I think that would make it a little more digestible. I think sometimes tasks can be too big and it can feel too daunting. And so I think that that that's a good description, but it's almost like you've done that in other ways. It looks like just like even that board. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like your own version of your own like personal declarations, like, or this is my goal. This is my plan. Like, I think those are kind of the same thing too. It's just knowing that we have kind of goals. I would say that we actually have goals and that we're recognizing our true identity in that process. And I feel like, Tell me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like the purpose of it is to get clear on your priorities because it's so easy to get mixed up, right? So, yeah, I, I feel like that's what this activity did for me. So I did mine. <clears throat> I had already written this declaration statement, but I think it's I agree with it's very long. And so I was trying to, like, make it more succinct. And also I was trying to use my patriarchal blessing because the first time I'd written that I hadn't used my patriarchal blessing. So I did what Steph did and I wrote down, I, I just did a breakdown of like the descriptions of all the things that described me in the, in the patriarchal blessing. And then I wrote down the mission, anything that I felt like was my mission to accomplish. And then I did gifts that God told me I have admonitions and then talents, insights and blessings. And so that's how I broke mine down. And that just came to me as I did it. Like, as I'd read it, I was like, oh, I guess that's not. I just kind of figured out where I would categorize that. So those just came naturally as I read through my blessing, my patriarchal blessing. Um, and then I tried to utilize it to create a, a mantra or something. And that's when Tracy realized how much guff she has with her patriarchal blessing. Oh. <laughs> oh, I realized that... I, and I prayed about it. I was like, why don't I like the language of my patriarchal blessing? Cause I don't like the language. I really don't like a lot of it bothers me. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that description of me, like all these things. And so, and it literally the vo the thought that came to me is it points out the incongruencies in my life. So the reason why I don't like my patriarchal blessing is because it, it shines a light on all the things that either I haven't done or that haven't happened, or that didn't happen the way it seems like it described it was going to happen. And so it was, I, um, I can tell you specifically the things that it tells me that I'm like, that's not how my life happened or is happening. And, um, so I think it's interesting to like, sort of look at that and be like, well, how do I get my blueprint? Which this has been a huge thing that's been on my mind. And this is something that Rachel Curfew teaches. And she learned this from her program from like the Tony Robbins program. 
but she talks about how if your blueprint, so these decisions that you made in certain moments of your life, a blueprint decision is something like, I will only marry somebody I really, really like. Or a blueprint decision is when you're, and you're in a different, a different moment in your life where you're like, I will never do this. I will always do this. Or you say things like, my mom didn't play with me enough growing up, so I'm going to for sure play with my kids. And you're prioritized playing with my kids or whatever it is. Like we make decisions in our life in the past, looking back. And then if our life circumstances don't meet those blueprint decisions we made, there's a gap. And that gap is where your unhappiness lives. That's where you're unhappy. You're, you're not okay. You're dissatisfied with your life. And so either your, the, the thing is like your circumstances either have to change or your blueprint has to change so that you can get back on the happiness train, you know, like you can get back onto the peaceful train. And so, um, what I realized when I read through this was that like, it, it pointed out those gaps between my circumstances and what the, what the blessing said. And I was like, there's a gap between those two things. And this is kind of like a blueprint God gave me and my blueprint isn't fitting my circumstances. So like, I think that there's this, you know, there's an angst there. So what I feel like I need to do as well as what Steph was even saying was regarding like looking at my patriarchal blessing and saying like, what do I believe about this? What do I actually think is like, like hopeful and useful instead of having this depress me? How do I need to adjust my thoughts and my expectations of what this means? Because there's a lot of interpretations of this. Like it doesn't have to be right now, this life right here. It, it can be a lot more broad. So how can I like expand my mind instead of like think it has to be a specific way? Like I think I'm thinking in a narrow-minded way about my patriarchal blessing. And so because I'm thinking that way, it's creating that gap. And so there's just like a dis- there's a distance. Do you see what I mean? So oh, yeah. that, that is my my takeaway is that there are certain words I love that describe me in my patriarchal blessing. One of my favorite words is that I I am radiant and I'm delightful. So radiant, delightful. Um in I am a um like there's certain words that I like, dedicated, but it was interesting when I tried to string the words together, it just felt yucky, just did not feel good. And I was like, okay, so I've got to like make peace with my patriarchal blessing. <laughs> and I know other people feel this way too. They're, they, I know other people feel like, wow, my patriarchal blessing says I was going to get married and have a family and I'm 45 years old and I'm a single woman. Like, what do I do? Right? Like my life did not meet this thing. What do I do? And this is says like about my life right? My mortal life. And so what do people do when they don't have those, like those incongruencies? And I feel like they have to make peace with their reality and they have to accept the blessings that they still exist, that those blessings are still available to them, but it might look different than they thought it was going to look. You know, I think that's a great point that you brought up because there, as I looked at it, I realized this is why I was so intense for so many years of how I lived the gospel. Because there's a line that says, turn like Joseph of old and run away from the evils of this world. And it's like, when you have that line in your patriarchal blessing, like, but, and I was just talking about, you know, avoiding literature, movies, books, all like all the stuff. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I believe in the intensity of that as much for myself anymore. And I think that intensity, I mean, for years, I was living like a standard that was really hard socially because no one else was, but because I was looking at this patriarchal blessing and trying to fulfill it. And so um i do like honestly all the areas that i was very intense in i realized as i looked at it i was like oh this all comes from my blessing of me trying to fulfill it but 
I don't feel like I need to. And I think that I like the whole, um, just as we like we're talking earlier, right? Like it's nice to be able to be like, this is what I believe for myself before, but and maybe it's already served its purpose for a time, but I don't believe it to be true now. You know, it's interesting because there's this actually triggers my memory because when I was sitting here with my patriarchal blessing, kind of like having this internal struggle in my mind, I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, how am I gonna adjust this? How am I gonna work on this kind of a thing? And I didn't, I haven't prayed over this and like sought the Lord's inspiration, which I know will help. But I will say, um, Emma, Emma and Joseph, before Joseph actually went to Carthage, I don't know if you guys remember this part, and I'm probably telling the story incorrectly, so correct, I don't know. I don't correct me if you know the right story, but Emma wanted a blessing from Joseph, but Joseph was so busy and he's like, just write out your own blessing and I'll sign it. And I've just been really thinking about like, if I were to write my own blessing, what would I write in my blessing? Like if it was written by me, how would it be different? And I was like, that, that should probably be my like pillar is how do I, what do I want to create out of my life now? Um, what do I want it to be? And how can I act from where I am right now and still fulfill those blessings and have those blessings fulfilled? Um, and, and maybe look at it through a different lens, not see it just so rigidly in this one way. How can I expand my vision and... Because right now, I read, a, I read a talk that literally changed my life. You guys changed my life. It's by Jared Halver, Halverson, and I read it yesterday. I mean, I listened to it yesterday. And this, this talk, I'm not even going to – like, I feel like it should be required listening for every single member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It is that good. It is so good. Um, but this talk – sorry, it's called Seeking the Truth. Seeking Truth. That's what it's – or – Understanding Faith in the Age of Doubt. That's what it's called. It's called Understanding Faith in the Age of Doubt. Anyway, by um, Jared Halverson. And in it, he talks about how in our lives, we're in the creation. So we're in the creation. It's like, oh, we believe all these things. Like God has told us these things. We've been taught these things. And then there's a fall. And that fall represents when we're like, that did not go the way I planned it to go. Like life is a lot more complicated how did I, you know, just this, like the fall. So it's like justice and then it's mercy. Right. And people fall like into the mercy, like where, well, God is just accepting them. You know, people even fall like so far to the mercy side that they like, don't see any justice whatsoever. And that's like unbalanced. Do you know what I mean? It's like, here's way too much mercy or way too much justice. Right. So he's like, here's the, here's the creation. Here's the fall. And he's like, and then there's the atonement. And the atonement is higher than these two, right? The fall, the atonement. He's like, that's where charity lives, right? That's charity. And he's like, and the atonement in the fall, what we're trying to do is have you point yourself towards Christ. Point yourself towards Jesus who compensated for all of the losses that this world would provide and all of the things that seemingly seem in opposition to what you thought you were supposed to feel or experience or this is what you always knew to be true and why don't you believe it the same way or whatever. So I just thought that that was so brilliant. I was like, that's so brilliant. And I feel like that's kind of like, I just realized I'm in the fall with my patriarchal blessing, but where I need to look is like to the atonement or to Jesus Christ to help redeem the stories that seem like they're not coming to fruition or that didn't come to fruition or it seemed like they're in a pending state right now and so um because like my patriarchal blessing flat out tells me like the greatest responsibility that you'll ever have is in your own home right that's the greatest responsibility and like i don't even have kids and at this point i can't have them naturally right so you you just and like i i will work on that like i'm working on that but i just think that's an interesting thing like God has given me a blessing or an expectation, but like, I, like I can't fulfill it just easily. It's not going to be something that's easily going to be fulfilled for me. I'm going to have to like work for that, you know, to fulfill my greatest responsibility. And so 
don't know. It just you can, you know, feel the like the rawness of that, but it's just the reality that life is a lot is like there's there's the creation, there's the fall, and then there's the atonement for a purpose. Like there's a purpose in those three uh, phases of our life and that we just have those that that process we undergo multiple times you know in our lives and stuff and that's just how it goes it's just meant to be that way like that's how we grow in our faith anyway is we go through things that are inexplicable and we still hold on to our faith or to the savior so those are my thoughts well this has been a really enlightening for me i've never I don't know, like, my patriarchal blessing has just always been like, yep, I believe it. I know it's real. And anyways, um, yeah, and I don't know. I just have never really, like, deeply thought about my patriarchal blessing. So as you both are talking, I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm starting to recognize things in my patriarchal blessing, and I'm like, oh, that hasn't happened. That doesn't make sense. And I've never, ever, ever, ever had these thoughts. I just have always been like, yep, it's my patriarchal blessing. And I know that, you know, I know that was inspired by God and some things have happened and some things haven't yet. Um, There's always been one line in particular, I will say that has been slightly confusing, but it's never like shooken me or anything. But I don't know. It just just made me think, like, oh, this is really interesting. What about these things? Like, what? I don't know. And also, I've never thought that I had to, like, make what my patriarchal blessing says happen. Like, I just have always thought that it just will. Like, I never have consciously been like, oh, I better do this because this is what my patriarchal blessing says. I just have lived my life, and I just have assumed that it will eventually line up with my blessing, you know? So it just has made me think about it different. And I don't think the way you think is bad. I think it's a good thing to think that way. (laughs) I would just say, if your life looks different than your patriarchal blessing, that's normal too. It's just very normal to have both experiences. And I think that sometimes, I think part of like what's underlying even mine is that I think it's because of my choices. Some of my choices haven't made it so that some of these things could happen. So it's like, how how much responsibility do I, am I holding myself in a, in a state of guilt or shame because I didn't do what I could have done? You see what I mean? It's almost like holding myself to a level of justice and not showing myself sufficient mercy. Well, and I like what you said about the atonement like too with the the blessing just in the sense that I I think it would be fascinating to interview people that are near the end of their life and to see if they feel like everything in their blessing was fulfilled because I would imagine that people would be like oh yeah like look it aligned perfectly like it's the last year of my life and every blessing was received and I think a lot of that Tracy agency right like the agency of others is affecting people but also um i don't know like i also think we have to remember yes these are inspired but i i think that we rely so much that they're perfect and um and so i think that's just a good reminder too that and i think the best thing that we've been given to be in this life is our ability to choose um and that we aren't predestined and so even though they are like a a good road map like you don't have to follow what's in it so yeah agency is king in this situation agency is king but that's why it's like agency and the atonement right Mm -hmm. they go hand in hand for a purpose those two things the agency of man and jesus go hand in hand for a purpose you know like that is meant to be and so yeah anyway but that is my uh 
my thoughts on the patriarchal blessing and this opportunity to, and I want to like dig into this more. I want to spend more time understanding how I can make it better. Cause David in my mind is still in the creation phase. He's, I mean, he's still just like every blessing is going to be fulfilled. And I'm like, bless you for your faith. Bless you for your faith. Right? Like <laughs> he is just so committed. He's like, it says I'm going to have sons and daughters in here. And I'm like, and he's like, and here's the thing though, is I'm like, all right, well, I'm 36, almost 37. We're going to have to need, we're going to need two sets of twins, you know, like, I don't know what, like, what, what is, or whatever it may be. It's like, not, not even that, right? Cause we can adopt too. And there's those options, but David's like, we're going to have sons and daughters. And I'm like, David, I'm not trying to be like a downer on your dream or anything, but we got some work to do, right? <laughs> And, and right now, like it's, it's not happening easily or coming easily for us. So we might have to make some adjustments, right? Like we might have to just like adjust that, but I'm like, but we could also adopt a whole load of children. Like we could do certain things, right. That could help us to have that, that experience or, you know, see how IVF works out and all that. But nevertheless, I would say he's like, but then he started to shift his and he was like, either way, we're going to have lots of children. He's like, eternally, we are going to have lots of kids, you know? And so he has like that eternal perspective too. He's like, whatever happens here, happens here. We, we get to, ex we get to experience life. And like that, that we chose to get married later in life and like the agency of man and the, the fall of this experience that we're having, like, this is a mortal experience. He's like, but we ultimately get to be like, we get to be together forever. So we're going to like have endless posterity if we believe the, the doctrine of Christ, you know, and it's just like, okay. So, I mean, he has that bigger perspective. He's expanded. I feel like in some ways he moved from like creation. He didn't even go into the fall. He just like went straight to the atonement. He was like creation, Jesus, you know? And I think sometimes people do that. They don't even fall into the fall. They just like go straight to the, the savior and they like expand their vision. And so I think sometimes that is the responsibility of us is just to be like, okay, well, my agency affected this. So I can go straight to Jesus, you know, and ask for him to compensate and help me to figure out how I want to use my agency right now to create a happy ending or whatever ending I want on that. <laughs> so, well, and I just look at that too. Um, and I think how many of us have hard things that it's like, why isn't this being fulfilled? You know, like how you're like, we're trying, you know? Um, and so I don't know. I think that it's like, even with like kids, like I don't really think about kids because it's like, well, there needs to be a husband, but I can't imagine being in your place being like, okay, I got the husband. Like <laughs> this blessing says there's gonna be kids and this isn't happening and we're spending all this money, you know? I think that um, it, it's just hard. Yeah. And I also think that the plans look differently than we think they will. And it's like, what will I say in five years? You know, how will my life be different at that point? And, and we'll be like, wow, it all was fulfilled. You know, like who knows what life has. And like life can change pretty quickly. I've seen that. You know, I've watched other people and I'm like, they got married and had a kid like within like a um, year. And then they had another kid in another two years. That's like three years that I've been married. I've watched some of my friends have two kids. Like that's, that's time changes things, you know, <laughs> like pe people do have things that happen. And so it's like, things are possible. It's just, um, I think it is expanding our minds beyond what we we understand and asking for that expansion. Um, even though we have our agency too. So it's agency and atonement. It's both, not just one or the other. So anyway, all right. Well, uh, so we are going to talk about our uh, anything. So this would be our time to talk about our goals. So what are we looking forward to in the week ahead? Um, we didn't talk about this in the previous episode, but I know that 75 tough for Melody, you've been doing that. And then for myself, I actually wrote down my goal for last week was to like look into getting a job. I've not done that, but I have my event this week. So my goal is to just stay focused on my event and get through 
and like get that accomplished. So for the youth. Which is super exciting. Yeah. yeah how's that coming, Tracy? Um, I, I am working on talking to Lisa, Lisa, the voice of my anxiety. Lisa is having a conversation. I'm talking to Lisa a lot. We are having conversations. And I'm like, Lisa, we're going to change that frown right upside down and smile that, that anxiety away. No, Lisa and I are, are talking frequently. <laughs> and the part of it yeah. is because the, um, I don't have, I am actually super unsure of who's going to come. I had five girls RSVP. That's it. I've had nobody else like sign up. And there's people that I can follow up with. I just, I sense the fear, right? Like, be not afraid. I'm like, okay, just follow up with people and just see if they're coming. Um, so it's just an interesting process. Like, the fear is embarrassment. That's what I've discovered. Like, what Lisa's trying to protect me from is embarrassing myself. And I've just decided that it's okay. I, I, Lisa, like one of the things Rachel is like, nobody's going to be embarrassed. It's fine. Everyone's going to be happy to be there. It's going to be fine. And I'm like, I have this huge pavilion and I'm like, we're going to be in the little corner. Like, here we go. You know, it's just sort of interesting to be like, I probably should have chosen a different venue, but I was like, I could change the venue, you know? Um, so yeah, anyway, it's just, I feel like five girls is a decent turnout yeah and i'm really praying that all five of them come i just have noticed that because it's free like every single person who paid for my event came except one person because she already knew she couldn't come but she wanted to support the event like every person who paid came but like because they didn't they haven't put in any there's no like skin in the game i'm just nervous that on the day of they're not going to come and so it's like okay well what if that it does happen like it's okay and talking myself through like the certainty of like what I can overcome and that I, you know, it's not the worst thing ever, stuff like that. But also like focusing on what I want to build instead of focusing on the fear, right? Like it's like focusing on the positives instead of the negatives is going to help you have a better experience anyway. So that's it. For sure. I hope it goes well. Thanks. Either way, you'll hear um, about it. What's that? You'll, you'll hear about it, whatever happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel you. I did, um, I did a event um, to advertise my Run Without Fear course. It's a self-defense course for female runners and guy runners, but mainly females. Anyways, and we put on this big event. We did all this marketing, and we literally had over 60 people get on the list to come and two people showed up it was free and that was that was really and we like live streamed it and it was like this big thing and that was really hard to like put all that effort into it and have so many people sign up but then have nobody show up um but especially anyway. with 60 people like you would think that that right. would be more of a turnout right Right, but people just decided to not come last minute. And, anyways, I hope that's not the case. Yeah, but honestly, <laughs> but I understand the fear, is what I'm saying. But you made it through that experience and you still did the thing. Right. And it actually did end up being a pretty good experience. Um, even though no one was there, I still taught the class. And I left feeling really proud of myself that night for how I taught it. And I feel like I taught two people some very valuable skills that they needed to know. So, and we live streamed it. A few people watched it. So it definitely wasn't a waste of time. And I learned a lot about marketing and it was a great learning experience. So it ultimately was a really, really positive experience. So. Right. Because you focused on the two people who did come and you focused on the skills that you did gain. And that's what I need exactly. to focus on is it's, it's valuable to whoever comes. If there's one girl, it's valuable to her. I will make it super valuable to that one soul or, like how cool yeah. for that one girl to be able to have a personal conversation with you about things that she's struggling with. Seriously though. And like to walk her through, I mean, think of how personal that could really be for that person. And so I think it is, it's like focusing on how 
And I just think it's like also the preparation piece. It's being prepared for one girl and it's being prepared for 10 because that's a different way you run an event. So you just have to be prepared for both of those. And I'm not yet. So I think I just need to build my confidence on like how I will adjust it based on, on who comes. And I've decided I'm not actually doing this for time. Like I said, I was going to do a three hour event because we're going to do two hours of teaching and then an hour to do our activity. And so it's like, I think I'm just going to like, I'm just going to teach until it's like, okay, we're done. And then here's the activity and okay, we're done. You can go home. Like I don't have to fulfill that time. I don't, I don't feel the pressure anymore to fulfill the time. Well, Melody and I were talking because Tracy presented, she did a great job at the Utah Podcast Coalition and she ended and have had a half an hour left and we were like, we wanted to hear from you. But we were talking yesterday that we we're like, that's the mark of a great presenter because everyone was like, wait, we could listen for longer. Totally. But you read the room. Because you said yeah. some people were starting to text or looked like they were falling asleep. So that like you were like, okay, let's let's yeah. wrap it up. And I think also like a presentation, a real good presentation is probably 45 to like a 45 minutes to a 60 minutes. And I was hitting like 45 minutes at 7.30. So it was like, it's a good amount of time. It yeah, I kept just wanting think, more. So yeah, you're really good, Tracy. You're you're very very good in front of people. Well, I think part of it too is it's like the whole group. I feel like they just people showed up. Like people people showed up and they chose to participate and to engage, and that made a huge difference because that's what I wanted from that whole experience. So it was just about teaching, learning from one another, right? So for sure, my favorite type of thing is just to let other people kind of allowing every person to feel like they were able to bring their their brilliance to something. You are really good at that. Mm -hmm. So goals, you guys, Steph and Melody, what are you guys gonna do this next week? For me, I'm still sticking to the 75 hard, or 75 tough, excuse me. It definitely has gotten rough the hardest thing for me and I'm like maybe I shouldn't have done this and I've kind of stretched this a little bit but one of my goals is to get up at six o'clock every single morning and the goal like the floor goal of this I know <laughs> is for my alarm to go off at six and me to wake up and there have been some days where my alarm gets up at si or it goes off at six I wake up I get to bed I eat breakfast and I go back to bed it's, you know, the point is that I, I go to bed on time and get up at the same time and I move on with my day. So a little part of me is like, it's not cheating, but the goal was to wake up at six. The goal is not to wake up at six and to stay awake. So I've been doing the best I can to stay awake, but there have been some days like this weekend, um, we were up really late a few nights in a row. We had really big races. Jacob had a big race and I was like, there's nothing wrong with me having breakfast Sunday morning and then going back to sleep. In fact, it was a very good thing. We needed the recovery. So um, that's been really hard. Everything else has been fine. The water's been fine. Reading has been fine. Uh, the best part of the challenge has been reading every single day. That has been awesome. And I, I'm finally getting through the books that I want to get through, um, reading my book of Mormon every day. And that's been good. We've been staying away from junk food kind of um the goal is no store-bought junk food we can make healthy quote-unquote healthy junk food at home so we definitely have made our like protein brownies and our date balls and but you know baby stuff right so it's been good and we're just gonna keep focusing on that my big thing is I just I need to figure out I need to get a better routine to get to bed on time so getting up at six is not so painful so I guess that will be my focus Sunday hard this week. Longest day of the year. Way to start it on this day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe, sorry. A little bit. Super helpful. Sorry, Melody. You're amazing. You're doing so good. Thank you. <laughs> You're inspiring Steph and I so much. Seriously. Right. 
You guys are the reason I haven't quit yet. If we didn't have this app and you weren't looking at my things and you guys were telling me all the time, you would, you're inspiring us, then I probably would have. I probably would have stopped by now. So thank you. Keep giving me the praise and telling me that I'm awesome. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to let you guys down if I stop. So. Part of it too is I'm like, that's why it's called tough. That's uh-huh. why it's hard is because what the first week you're like, ah, we can do this. And then it's like 6 a.m. every single day with like no cheating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for this week, I am really focusing on. So I had a friend stay with me for a little bit while her place was being built and her place was just built and she moved out. But in that process, like I didn't really have the same automation that I had before just because I was being aware of someone else. So I didn't have my alarm go off in the other room or like just those little things that got me up. Um, or somewhere along the way, I my lights weren't automated anymore. And so I'm just getting back to Tracy helped me make my new bed um, frame the other day. And so it's just nice to be, to have like all my separate space and to just, um, I really want to get back to the automation because I do so much better when my like alarm is in the other room and I have to get out of bed and go get it. But when I had my friend staying there, I'm like, well, that's annoying for her to be able to hear this loud. (laughs) You know, like, I don't want to be that person. So, um, so yeah, I'm just um, working on getting my automations back in a row because that's really what does help me. And then remember how I was having my automation of, I would do my affirmations and then do my conference talk? Well, I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm doing so good at my affirmations. I don't need that case in point like whenever you think you're good it's because you have something that's helping you out so I just want to get back to that as well so all I have to do is enable that notification to go again so awesome I I, I love your automation yeah oh, I'm sorry I please. love it so much I'm just like it's so stuff <laughs> <laughs> We can learn a lot from Steph. Both Melody and I are always like, wow, Steph, you're just always teaching us stuff. And I will say that, and the whole, so Brooke Snow, she, you know, her like five minutes of, I love and I accept you mantra. Yeah. um, Or in the evening, whatever. She, she said that she, for a while there, she decided she didn't need to do it anymore. She's like, ah, I'm good. I've done that for a while. I feel really good about myself. And then she like realized that, Started, she started to deviate. She's like, wait, why do I feel this way? She's like, I haven't felt this way in a long time. She realized that it was because she was no longer doing the I love and I accept you mantra on a daily basis. So these things, like, I feel like these things that are basic or that we get used to, it's, they're necessary. They're requisite. They do have a purpose, but it's, you have to renew your strength almost by remembering the contrast, right? The contrast helps you see, oh, I don't, I, that does help me. I just didn't realize it until I wasn't doing it anymore. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, those of us, the the listeners, your invitation is to write your own personal uh, affirmation statement, and you can make it small, short, whatever you want to do, or you can utilize your patriarchal blessing to kind of help you create that, look at that, synthesize your patriarchal blessing, and, of course, focus on the fire. Uh-huh.